GameZillaMedia.com. It's time for the last action podcast. Pop quiz, hot shot. Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need. The need for speed. Kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome to this week's episode of the Last Action Podcast. I am LPJ. And joining me are the jumper cables of my life. I don't know what that meant. Hovercraft Joe. <laughs> your your intros to this podcast are getting stranger and stranger every time. If I wasn't so inept at introducing the show, I would take over the duties. I understand. First of all, you said duty, and that was funny. Uh, <laughs> and, and then joy, speaking of duties, joining us again... <laughs> The it's tush. the tush. Yeah, finally got a nickname. I'm just so happy. I don't care that the tush is my nickname. <laughs> the tush, aka formerly, formerly. I was about to say aka formerly known as Dave. I know. I heard you. Yeah. I heard you changed your driver's license too. <laughs> it just says the tush on it. And it somehow like... let me take a picture. Like my driver's license picture is now me reenacting the copper tone ad. <laughs> yep. It's wow. crazy. It's crazy how they fit all that in one picture. Like I yeah, the dog died. Well. <laughs> well, anyways, we are here. We're, we're still, still smack dab in the middle of the year of the sequel. And so we're here to talk about Crank High Voltage. Or if you bought it on Blu-ray and DVD, apparently Crank 2 High Voltage. And I did. Yep. <laughs> and I, I'll have to say, this is the first time we've ever done back-to-back movies. Like, we did Crank, and now we're doing Crank 2. We've never done that yeah. before. So truly the year of the sequel. Truly when you do back-to-back, back, you got to have the tush. <laughs> wow. wow. I, I love how much you're embracing the tush. I uh, am a little worried. <laughs> just, for, just for editing purposes. Uh, so, uh, I'll just... This came out... So, we talked about... Obviously, uh, last week we talked about the first one. Uh, it came out in 2006. This one's release date was April 17th, 2009. So... Uh, Dave, Tush, why don't you tell us about your kind of uh, background? Well, I mean, so I, I love the first one, obviously. If you've listened to the previous episode, you know how much I did. And so I absolutely had to see this one. So I, I went to the theater. I had several cocktails while in the theater, and I enjoyed it thoroughly. All right. Uh, what about you, uh, LPJ? Yeah, I saw this in the theater. I'm pretty sure I saw this with you in the theater. I think it might have been just me and you in the theater. Like the <laughs> whole theater. <laughs> um, yeah, we definitely went out and saw this kind of right away. Yeah, I, I, that's kind of my memory too. Is that you know we at this point we had seen the first one, we were excited to see this, and went and saw it right away. I'll, I'll be honest with you though, I don't remember seeing it again until watching it for the for the podcast. Like, I maybe maybe I'd seen it like one other time, but it it, it, it was not as familiar to me as the first one. Yeah, same here. I was the exact same way. Like, I, I remembered parts of it, but there were whole characters that I forgot existed, probably because I blocked them out of my mind. Um, <laughs> and I'm kind of sad that I now have to remember them on a podcast. Yeah. yeah. That, I mean, we're going to get into it. This is just a start. But I will start by saying that there's a lot of this movie that is 
problematic. Mm, yes, yeah. I would say this is your first episode, and I normally don't agree with these things, but I would agree it needs a trigger warning. Not yeah. not what we're gonna say, but if you were to watch this movie to get like a sense of it, don't get mad at us because we did not make it. Yeah, yeah there's <laughs> a lot of like it's yeah, it's, it's wow, it's it's yeah. it's a rough watch at some points. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right. Let's let's go through the numbers. So, um, budget on this is twenty million. So budget got you know what we say the budget on the first one is twelve. This is up to twenty. However, domestic gross thirteen million, worldwide gross thirty four million. So still made money, but not a ton. Like wasn't kind of the based on how much it cost. It wasn't like the breakout success. I would say of the first movie. Yeah, definitely um, not. And this is what's really telling to me, and it's it's actually this is so crazy to me. Like the Rotten Tomatoes on this is sixty four percent. That's higher than the original one. Wow. So because the original one was sixty one percent, yeah, and this one's sixty four. The audience score on this one is forty nine percent, and the audience score on the first one is seventy one percent. So I'm very surprised that the critics is higher like that's crazy to me yeah I, that blows my mind especially considering what's in this film and like it really so the first movie's kind of crazy yeah this movie ratchets it up tenfold at least oh yeah like everything in this is is even more exaggerated than the first film to an unreal yeah. degree so I'm right. very surprised by that. And, and that, and that's like, I mean, we'll get into it more as you discuss, but I mean, like, that's my, like, I will say, like, overall kind of problem with this movie is that the first one is such a crazy, kind of wild, out there movie that this movie, they're like, well, we have to one-up everything, and by one-upping that first movie, I it takes this movie immediately off the rails. <laughs> yeah. They make some weird choices. They make some very weird choices. Yeah, Yeah. and and we should probably specify and say that, you know, the movie's definitely not unwatchable. Yeah. It is an entertaining movie, but it's entertaining with a great assault. Well, don't don't put words in my mouth about being watchable, okay? (laughs) Also, I would say, especially the way I originally saw it, if you were to use something to alter your state of mind, in my case, alcohol... I think you would enjoy the movie more. That that could be true. That's fair. But if you took the wrong thing, you might go insane. Maybe. That's true, too. Um, okay, so top grossing movies of 2009. Number one. Oh, sorry. Uh, we're... Uh... Nope, I'm sorry. Please continue what you were doing. I apologize. Continue. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, I was just saying the top grossing movies of 2009. Uh, number one, one of the Tush's all-time favorite, Avatar. Oh, uh, so, <laughs> there's so much blue Tush in that. Oh, my God. Uh, not enough, though. Oh, he loved it. Number two, one of LBJ's all-time favorite, Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen. So much oh, robot God. Tush in that. Oh, man. <laughs> um, number three is Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. I am not even I, you're not allowed to make Tush nope. jokes about Sorry, that. Too young. Man. No, Too young. And then um, the, our, this movie, Crank High Voltage, came in 130th. Ooh, down 30 slots from part one. And other movies that we have covered in 2009 are number 18, 
G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra. Number 20, Taken. Ooh. And number, I mean, number 42, Zombieland. And number 116, The Hurt Locker. All right. So. Which is, that's crazy that the Oscar winner that year did so poorly. We talked about that. Yeah, Yeah. it is kind of wild. We talked about Uh, how it was the lowest grossing, uh, the lowest grossing best Oscar winner of all time. Yeah. It ended up making more money because I think after one Best Picture, like it ended up uh, like a lot more sense. people seeing right. it. But yeah, but at the time um, of the award, yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, <laughs> the cast of this movie, believe it or not, is very similar. <laughs> yep. To the cast of the first film, um, you you have Jason Statham again as Jeff Chelios. You have Amy Star- Amy Smart as Eve. You have Dwight Yoakam as Doc Miles. You have Efren Ramirez. But this time he's playing Venus. Um, it says that... It, it, what? Was, I'm sorry, I'm confused. Orlando was in this movie? Yeah, yeah, Orlando, he just had the mohawk at that time. He was the guy who showed up at the end. The oh, underground has his back. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I totally missed that. Oh, and uh, an addition that I was not happy about, uh, Bai Ling is in this movie. Oh, God. Um, uh, and then uh, R.I.P. David Carradine playing Poondong. Yeah, and can, can, I, can I say, just with mention of David Carradine, this is a man who made a career out of stealing roles from Asian people, and he saved the worst for last. Yeah, yeah. and then this, and this, is was, this last, was his last movie. Yeah. Last role, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then uh, R.I.P. Corey Haim, he plays Randy in this. Who so, died uh, shortly after this film was released. It's also his last film. It wasn't, um, I don't think it was his last film, it was one of his last he might have, yeah, I think he might have done that cameo in that terrible Lost Boys sequel after this. Um, but that's that's on my radar. Anything that you guys, anyone else that I didn't mention that you want um, to bring Clifton up? Collins. Yeah, Clifton, Clifton Collins Jr. Jr. He's a you know pretty big character actor. He's 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 excellent in everything he does. He was even good in this. Um, and I'm sure there's lots Joe, of them. I mean, Chester Bennington again. Joe, do you know who Clifton Collins Jr. is? Okay, he's the he's the boss at the end with the big mustache. Okay, El Huron. El Huron, yeah. He was in uh, uh, Scott Pilgrim, one of the vegan police. Yeah. Oh, the one that's not uh, Thomas the Jane? Not Thomas Jane, yeah. Oh, shoot. He is married to Clint Eastwood's daughter. Oh. I did not know that. Uh, uh, you, and you mentioned, you mentioned the Chester Bennington cameo in this one as the guy that he's rubbing up against at the horse track. It also features, did you see this, a cameo from Maynard from Tool? Yeah. He's, he's one like of the one guys of... holding. There's a scene with a dog collar, and he's the guy holding the controller for the dog collar. Yeah, and apparently the other guy is a member of like Nine Inch Nails. Yep. The other guy in that scene. So, and then a bunch of porn stars, but we we have to pretend we don't know their names or seem like we're perverts. <laughs> uh, it's all right. I have them listed here. Uh, oh, okay, excellent. So it's Ron Jeremy, Ed Powers, Jenna Hayes, uh, Lexington Steel. Those are the ones that are listed here. But there's also. Uh, the Dean of Mean Keith Jardine is in this. UFC <laughs> fight. Not a porn star, Not by a the porn way. Star. Yeah, I, I seriously was like, when that scene happened, I'm like, was that Keith Jardine, the Dean of Mean? <laughs> yep, the Dean of Mean's in this. Um, Stephen Graham shows up for the you know, Jason Statham's buddy from um, Snatch. Snatch. Yep, he yeah. shows up. Um, uh, Glenn Howerton's in it again. Lauren Holly. Lauren Holly, who is basically a porn star in this. <laughs> yeah, she gets real dirty. Yep, and then Lloyd Kaufman makes a quick appearance. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, also, uh, Jerry Jerry Hollowell. 
Yeah, Jerry Hall. Uh, oh, yeah. Plays, plays, plays his mom mm-hmm. in that weird scene. And uh, just because I have to do this, I'm contractually obligated. John Delancey is in this, a.k.a. Q from Star Trek The Next Generation. Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So Networks is going to be interesting. I, I'm kind of – this is going to be fun because we, we – in real time, we literally just went over these. So I'm going to test your guys' memory. But I do have one additional one before we go through repeats. What do you guys think net worth for Bai Ling? What do you think Bai Ling's Ooh, bringing home? God, negative. I don't um, even know. <laughs> I'm going to say $200,000. Oh, okay. I don't even know if it's that much. Oh, I think he's going to sweet, sweet. She has that sweet, sweet celebrity rehab money. <laughs> <laughs> Any guess, Dave, what do you got? I'm going to say $200,000. Oh, okay. I'll say $201,000. Oh, you dick. You guys are low-balling by Ling. She's got $3 million. In her nose. <laughs> that may be true. Okay, now we're going to do rapid fire to see how well you guys remember. I don't remember any of these. I remember right. one. Let's start. Glenn Howerton. What do you think for Glenn Howerton? $25 million. Yes, correct. Tush, way to go. Uh, Efren Ramirez. What do you guys think? Efren Ramirez. $4 million. Three. Four, four million. Yeah. Correct. The Tush, again. Uh, Dwight Yoga. Uh, 40 45, million. 45. 45. Yeah. yeah. You got that right, LBJ. Uh, Amy Smart. 8 million. That's correct, Tush. And then finally, Jason Statham. 90 million. That's correct, man. I was Tush, gonna, I was going to say 90 million. <laughs> Tush put you to shame, man. Oh, man. And now the estate of David Carradine. <laughs> no, I don't look up uh, individual events. He spent, he spent all his money on belts. It's true. And lady boys. <laughs> um... As we, you know, uh, if you listen to last week's episode, we can talk about again the director and writers of this movie are Neville, Dean, and Taylor. Um, we talked extensively about the things they've done and about how they now are broke up, apparently. So, um, yeah, they still yeah. call each other. They just, you know, they don't live with each other anymore. <laughs> and uh, the music <laughs> is by uh, Mike Mike uh, Patton. And there's something about Mike Patton that I remember reading. <laughs> no can- more. Oh yes, that's it. Thank you, Dave. That he's uh, he's from Faith No More. Um, you okay. want it all? <laughs> yeah, that's correct. Uh, taglines. You guys ready for the taglines for this one? Yes. Yep. Okay. First one. He was dead, but he got better. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually Next pretty clever. One. Yeah. Stay charged. Okay. Stay alive. Yeah. Stay oh, charged. Okay. Stay alive. Oh, I'm sorry. Too soon. Sorry. Yeah, there's a comma in there. And then the last one is fully charged. Okay. Okay. The first, I like the first one the best. That yeah. was great. Yeah. So, yeah, those are the taglines. Um, oh boy. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, so right off the bat, we talked about how this movie really ramped things up. Yeah. Um, yeah, it ramped it up a lot. And yeah. what's crazy is... I mean, we'll talk about the individual parts of this movie, but everyone was really excited making this movie, apparently. Like Jason Statham, Amy Smart, F. Ramirez. Everyone really enjoyed making the film, which kind of seems crazy to me. Well, maybe it doesn't, because it seems like it'd probably be a pretty fun set to be on. Right? Yeah. It's just kind of like they're shooting from the hip. They're filming things with digitally handheld again. Um it really seems like it would probably be a fun set to be on, but man, this movie's got some stuff in it. 
Maybe oh, yeah. not if you're, like, Asian. I feel like you might get your feelings hurt a couple times on that set. Like, really? They wrote that in the script? That seems mean. It, it Well, yeah, that's true, uh, Dave, but I, I do feel like that you're right, LBJ, that it probably was a lot of fun because this movie is so crazy. I'm sure it was a lot of fun to do a lot of this stuff when you're filming it, you know? Like, just to go off the rails, but... um. So here's a question before we kind of walk through it. And we can kind of get the, the overview of the movie is that like the movie opens where the first one ends with, well, actually no scratch it. You get like a recap of the end of the first movie in like an eight bit video game style, which is maybe the best part of the movie. Anyways. So you, you, we pick up with him on the street and he gets like literally scraped off the street with a shovel by these guys. Um, and then you're kind of getting these flashes of him being like operated on and they take out his heart and they give him an artificial one, which is like the main conceit of this movie. But let me ask you a question. So we're supposed to believe that somebody wanted his heart. Isn't his heart still poisoned by this? Like, no, you know, like it's poison? so powerful. It beat the poison. <laughs> that was the thing. So <clears throat> that was kind of the whole point of the film. You find out later on that, his heart was so strong that it literally flushed the poison out of his system. Yeah. They basically established the fact that he is superhuman. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's true. I mean, he also um, survived that fall, you know? Yeah, that's true. Because, like, that's the thing is, like, they're keeping him alive because they want to, like, harvest all his organs. Including um, his dick, which they definitely mentioned. Uh, yeah. Talk about and, his dick a lot. Yeah. Definitely, which which really disappointed you because you're, you know, you're a tush guy. It's true. I mean, you figure, figure they could, like, you know, cut those off and slap those onto somebody, you know? Like, right on your face is what you'd like. I mean, I'd look like, a, like some sort of demented Frankenstein squirrel with one, you'd you know. Look, you'd look like a Dick Tracy villain. <laughs> Just be the tush, the Dick Tracy villain. Um, like, when I laugh, it sounds like a fart, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so... Before oh, they can harvest, let's, let's write that movie and have Novelina Taylor direct it. <laughs> the Tush. Bring them back together. You think um, we can get the Dick Tracy rights from Warren Beatty? He's, he's really <laughs> holding on to those. So, um, so they give him this artificial heart, which I guess they said is like an actual like thing that exists. Like it that's is. like that's like a real like artificial heart. Yeah. Like yeah, but it doesn't you know what actually. They have? We'll get to it later. I was going to say, it doesn't actually have, like, an external battery or anything they like that. They don't keep him in ambulances. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he escapes. Um, we get some, uh, immediately get some more random boobs in this movie. Um, uh, he gets his clothes. And my first question is, why does he still have his cell phone? And how does it work? And how did it not get crushed in the fall? And It might know. not be his cell phone. He might just have, back then, he might, he might, he might have just known Eve's number. And Doc Miles' number. So it might have just been the cell phone. Yeah, I think that's what it was, actually. I don't know. I th- I swear it has the same dumb ringtone, but maybe that's just me. Um, okay, so immediately, we're like, I don't know, five minutes into this movie, and, like, he he puts a shotgun in hot oil and sticks it up some dude's butt, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Like, we are barely into this movie, and he's trying to get information from this guy, so he sticks a shotgun up someone's butt. Uh, he refers to his heart as a strawberry tart, which I kind of like. It's um, Cockney slang. Yeah, and that was one of the things. Like they, when they wrote this movie, now that they knew they were going to have Jason Statham in it, they wrote it with his kind of dialect in mind, and so there's going to be a lot of that in this film. Yeah. So he he finds out the guy tells him that this dude Johnny Vang has his heart. 
so he's got to try and find Johnny Vang. He hops into this car. He uses the, the car to charge, like, the heart battery thing, which is, like, the most reasonable way he charges it this whole movie. Yeah. Which is funny because, um, like, he pulls up next to those guys. Yeah, well, because he, he talks to the doc at this time, and he kind of they kind of talk through it. And basically we find out that, like, the first movie he had to keep, like, adrenaline going. In this movie, he has to keep charging the heart with, like, electricity because, like, it only has a short battery life. So he has to keep doing things to charge it, right? Yes. Um, but, yeah, he, he pulls up to those guys that want to race him. Like, uh, and he, his, I, I was so confused at first. I'm like, what did this car hit? But then they show, like, it hits, like, I don't know, like a... like a, a divider. Yeah, yeah it's like the median. So, like, uh, he they tell him where this club is, the, the whatever social club where he's looking for Johnny Vang. But he's also like, hey, give me a jump. So they pull out the jumper cables, they put one on his, like, nipple, and he puts one on his tongue, and they start revving the car. <laughs> Which is... No one tries to stop him. He's just like, there's like, okay. That's what you yeah. want to do, man. Um, so... Yeah, so he uses the jumper cables, he gets a jump, he runs to what the social club is, which I guess is, like, just, like, a whorehouse in this yeah. neighborhood. Yeah, essentially, and, yeah. And he beats a bunch of dudes up. I don't know if you guys noticed, like, subtly, but he's basically, like, punching dudes and they're flying out the wall of this house. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Cause, Again, superhuman strength. Yeah. Because they show all the action from, like, the outside, and you just see people, like, flying out of the house and stuff as he's beating them up. Uh, Johnny Vang escapes, and that's when we're introduced to uh, Bai Ling's character, who's like the worst. I mean, like, I- I- this movie has a lot of things that I'm not a fan of. She's maybe the worst, right? Yeah. <laughs> and you know what the weird thing is? Is I'm pretty sure that it's just Bai Ling. Like, it's yeah. not. They didn't write her parts, I would imagine. She probably can't yeah. read them. Yeah, no, that, that's absolutely true. Is that she just basically was ad libbing, and they couldn't understand half the things she was saying, but they're like, yeah, it worked. You know? And so she's she's subtitled the entire film. Yeah, although yeah. she's speaking English. Yeah. <laughs> so she ends up telling him where Johnny Vang is, and it's a strip club. In the back of the strip club, we were introduced to like the like the Latino gang, a guy with the fight face tattoos, and he's got Johnny Vang there. And he literally cuts off a guy's elbow, like the end of a guy's elbow with a machete, right? Like yeah. It's yeah, and it's then, so gross. There's a lot of really just this gross this movie things. is just visually gross. Like there's a lot of things in this movie that are just gross. Like like that's one of them because it's like he cuts off like the tip of his elbow with a machete. Yeah, yeah, and then later um, on, there's a guy that cuts his nipples off. It's a it's a whole thing. So at the strip club, for some reason, and this is where like in my notes they they answered the question. I'm like, how? What time has passed since the end of the first movie? It's three months. But, like, is Eve, Amy Smart, is working at the strip club. <laughs> Although not the world's greatest stripper because she has, like, electrical tape, like, over her boobs for some reason in this. So, you know. Yes, uh, it was disappointing. I agree. Yeah. But, you know, she does have a body double normally. Well, that's true, too. Right. She's um, like, I showed them in Road Trip, but no more. Yeah. So then, like... So then, like, this big shootout happens in the strip club. Uh, strippers are getting killed. The strippers, for some reason, have guns, and they're shooting people. And then that one stripper gets shot, like, in her breast, and, like, her implants start, like, melting leaking it's silicone. So, it's so gross. It's disgusting. It is not. <laughs> it is so gross. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that they tried to do play for humor, but it's not funny. It just ends up being horrible. 
Yeah, it's weird. weird. I didn't think it was funny at the time, but with as horrified as you guys are, I'm finding it funny now. No, it's not it was, great. It was horrific. Uh, he gets some more information out of the guy. He leaves the strip club and he gets beat up by like a bunch of cops. But then the cops make the mistake of charging charging him or hitting him with a taser, which chucks up his heart. So he like beats up all the cops like really viciously. Um, and then like it's just like they steal the cop car and they're driving the cop car and she's in the back and like he's got the taser and he's like tasing himself in the balls for some reason. Which I, like I understand he needs electricity, but wouldn't you like? Wouldn't it be better to apply it to where the heart is? You'd think, but you know what? They got to play it for comedy, and that's what they did in this. Yeah, I guess. So then, like he um, he talks to the doc again. To what Yoakum thinks he can maybe put his heart back in if he can get a hold of his heart. Um, they th- then you get that scene where they randomly run into like the porn actor strike that's going on, which doesn't seem to need to be in the movie. Yeah. Um, uh, funny story about that. So. Um, Ron Jeremy was not called to be in that scene. He just was like, well, they must have just forgot to call me because all of his friends were there. So he showed up and then just started ad-libbing. So all the stuff with him was not, he just showed up and started ad-libbing. And it's, it's less fun now that we know Ron Jeremy, you know, is a rapist. Yeah, you know? there's that so, part too. That's not yeah. great. Kind of so, in hindsight, it's like, eee. So Alleged, I'm sorry, he hasn't been convicted yet. So he runs away he, from the cops. <laughs> Come on, let's be fair. He he runs away from the cops. I will say that I did get a genuine laugh when he, he's running away from the cops in the seat and he sees a guy like skateboard down the railing and he tries to slide down the railing and just slips and hits his balls. Yeah. <laughs> I got a genuine laugh out of that. Um, so then you get the weird scene when he runs into the park and Maynard from Tool and the guy from Nine Inch Nails are have the shock collar on the dog and they're shocking it and Statham runs up and like puts the shock collar on himself and makes them, like, shock him. And then, like, a policeman runs up to get him, and the dog runs and bites the cop in the dick for some yeah, reason. Yeah, that was so weird. Like, there's I, so many weird things in this. Yeah, I... And, and then, like, then he runs into Efren Ramirez again in this movie, but not playing uh, Kalo, playing his brother Venus, who saves him from the cops, and he has full-body Tourette's in this movie, which is something I feel like they didn't need to give his character at all, but... Like, let's give him a disability. Which which means he just kind of, like, starts shaking, like, and stuff, like, violently uncontrollable and stuff, but, like, I don't know why they felt the need to put that as... I don't know. In this movie. I don't know. And and in hindsight, granted, we're looking at this, you know, 12 years later... A very different world that we live in now that we did before. Um, it really seems inappropriate, almost. I, I mean, listen, I'm going to say I think it was an inappropriate in 2009. Like, uh, I don't know that it was as much. All right, <laughs> they go hard. I mean, there's stuff, some stuff that I don't even want to quote because it's just like whoa. You yeah, know? Well, I mean, we can say, I mean, we don't have to get into specifics. We can say this movie is very, 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 very racist to a lot of different cultures of people. Yeah, it's racist, like, it's, it's homophobic, there's a lot of it. Yeah, it's 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 very, like, yes. And the, what's crazy, the first film didn't have any of that. Eh, no, the first film had some homophobia. Okay, maybe a little bit of that, yeah. yeah. But not but at not, level, like, everything's ramped up. In the first film, I would say it was just a reflection of the fact that, hey, these are criminals. That's the world they live in. Sure. They sometimes say some of like stuff like that. 
In this, it's like, uh, no, there's some very, uh, like, well, I, like I, getting back to it, the choice of David Carradine playing a Chinese man, it's like I realized there was a precedent for him doing that. It's sure. not a good precedent, but he made Mickey Rooney and Breakfast at Tiffany's look dignified, you know? <laughs> it's like, it was bad, you know? Yeah, well, and, and that's like the root, I think, of the problem with this movie, and I kind of touched on it before, a problem for me, is that, like, they have to one-up the first movie. But when you're wanting, want, trying to one-up a movie that's already bonkers, like, you just have to do so much crazy stuff. Like, you just have to go out there for everything. And I just, it's like they threw everything at the wall. I, I don't know. Like, I think it's just, it's too hard to try and one-up that movie, you know? Like, well, I don't I, know. I don't even think it's so much that they're one-upping it. It's just, like, they're amplifying certain things, but I think they're one-upping the wrong things. Well, that's fair, yeah. too. Um, so, okay. So then he finds out that Johnny Vang is supposed to be at this horse racing track. So he, so he gets there. Um, I don't understand it. it I, whatever. It's, it's the conceit of the movie, but I feel like I, that heart would stay charged a little bit longer. Like when he's like doing some of that stuff, it seems to be like randomly sometimes. Well, he doesn't have the battery pack anymore. So before he was charging the battery pack, but then charged the heart. Now the battery pack got smashed. So. All right. All right. Well, the doc tells him that he thinks. I do kind of like this scene too. The doc yeah. tells him. The doc tells him that friction, like against the skin, will create enough electricity to charge it. So he's just like randomly rubbing up against people at the track. Uh, that's where uh, the guy from Lincoln Park makes his cameo again. When he's rubbing, and then that old lady that he's rubbing uh-huh, up against. I mean that that is kind of funny. Um, okay, and then I know Dave loves this scene. But I don't know. I, I, Dave told me he thinks it works. I doesn't because Chev and E not the science, but the well, scene. I, not, not the I, science. This is the one scene I really like. In the, I mean, I was, there's other stuff I like, but this scene when they start I having, the part when, he, when they when start he tells having, Chester that. And Statham tells Chester from Lincoln Park, like that was all you, you know, like. <laughs> Like, like he's so mad, like, or just when he goes to the old lady, I thought that was funny, and like, you know, well, I, okay. I, when they get to the, and even when they're banging on the track, it goes crazy, you know. But, well, yeah, I, I would I, say I, that I, I think it's funny when he's trying to rub up against Chester and the old lady. I the part where him and Amy Smart are having sex on the horse race track, and everyone's watching, and like she throws her shorts, and that dude catches them in his his mouth, and like Johnny Vang's there watching <laughs> the whole time, and it's just. I don't even know what to say about it. It's just so bizarre. Yeah, I got right? nothing. It's very strange. And, like, why would Johnny Veng be there? Well, they, 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 they said uh, that's where they, he was going? I yeah, they tell, him, they tell him that he likes to go to the uh, the horse. The okay. Horse, they, always the, the weird uh, the lady in the back of the cab with Amy Smart knows oh, Johnny Oh, right, 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 right. Okay. And says that he bets on the ponies. Um, so... Yeah, and this is where I have a note, literally, we just talked about this, that says, this movie is so weird and racist. Um, so Johnny Vang gets away with his heart. Uh, he's chasing after him. And then uh, he ends up getting picked up by Don Kim from the first movie, reoccurring character Don Kim. Uh, and they find out, this is where you find out that David Carradine's character, Poon Dong, who's like this like big head guy of the triad, like wants Chelios' heart. Because his heart is failing, and like we said before, his is so strong that it beat this virus that he wants his heart, and that's why they harvest it. 
Um, then he ends up, but he finds out that like Don Kim's going to sell him out, like in order to make good with the triad or whatever. So he that he, when he kills all those guys in the uh, limo, holy cow, he has like a Uzi and he's just like, yeah, just shoots them and they explode blood. Like they don't just get shot; like they get hit, and every like squib shoots blood like fifty feet. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's wild. Um, it was kind of cool, crash- but it was wild. The limo crashes. Uh, that's when he gets out and he opens up, like, on the street, like, a high-voltage, like, electricity box. And he shocks himself with it. Yeah. Uh, that's when the Dean Amin has his cameo. <laughs> <laughs> Keith Jardine. Yeah. Um, his leg kicks don't count for much. I love, that, I love that his shirt says mean one on it. Like, he's plugging himself. Yeah. Well, that's why I was like, Keith Jardine, the Dean Amin? Question mark? Um, and then we get, oh, gosh. So the next scene is that weird, like, news report scene where they're, like, reporting about all the stuff that happened and they're talking to the old lady at the, like, racetrack and the dude with the shorts is in the background. And I'm like, why is this scene and in the movie? she says he looks like the transporter. It's true. She does say that. But it's like, why, why is that scene in the movie? There's a lot. Of, like, why is that scene in the movie? Why is the newscaster, uh, Q from Star Trek Next Generation, why is he <laughs> in the film at all? Um. Okay, so this next scene is particularly horrible because it's when the face tattoo guy goes to talk to El Huron and El Huron, in, in, in recompense for him, like, not bringing him Chelios, makes him cut both his nipples off with a knife and it's so gross yeah it's like, like real slow and it, they take their time and i did not watch those scenes i did not either i couldn't watch it either dave i mean it was definitely gross it's a bit much for me especially like, it's a, such a sensitive area you don't really think of it as it's also weird because that guy was in one of my favorite films hamlet 2 Playing one of the teenagers, so wow. it was weird to see him show up in this. Wait, Hamlet Two. Hamlet Two is a great movie. Um, yeah. So Steve Coogan. So the next scene is like Amy Smart, like walking away, like after the racetrack thing, and we didn't mention that her like current boyfriend is Randy. That's who's Corey Haim plays in the movie. It, and I, is he her, I don't think he's her boyfriend. I think he's like her. At least he he's thinks, a, he he's, thinks a he's her boyfriend. Owner. At least you know he's the well, guy that runs the strip. Yeah, he, like I mean, I think he thinks he's their, her boyfriend. Well, whatever. I, I thought it was very random that we get, like, a flashback scene for Randy where he's, like, imagining his, like, previous girlfriend or something. That seems yeah. too much. Um, so then, like, uh, when, uh, uh, what's his name? Venus. Uh, Venus. When Venus, he uses the phone and he's, like, he pulls out, like, a calling card, I guess, and he dials, like, 10,000 numbers. Apparently. Yeah. Don't you, remember, don't you remember calling cards? I mean, I remember they were a thing. I guess I just didn't use them that much. I mean, back then, like, it was a thing. Um, but that's when he that's when he talks to uh, Orlando from the first movie, and they agree to help him because he says he's looking for uh, El Huron. Um, Chevy jumps in the back of an ambulance, uh, and this is where he gets that new battery pack. I feel like the guy that he was talking yeah. to, I recognize him. Like, he had a face that I recognize. Michael Weston. He's in a lot of stuff. He was on yeah. Psych a couple times. He, um... Okay. It was in that terrible follow-up to Garden State, The Last Kiss. Oh, That was right. a follow-up to Garden State? Well, well I mean, it, was it, it wasn't a sequel, but oh. it was like no. Zach... It was a follow Yeah, like his next movie. Got his it. next movie that he directed. Um, so he gets... The, like like Tush said, it's kind of random that they have that uh, battery bag 
in the ambulance. But then even more, they just happen to drive by where Johnny Vegg's walking down the street, uh, right where they are. So he gets out. Um, I, I feel like this. This is one of those things that he says that is so random because he gets out of the limo and he's like hiding behind a car to like ambush Johnny Vang and he says, Bing fucking Crosby. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's just really funny. I'm guessing that's it. probably slant. Or, it's gotta like, be yeah, cocky, ha- slant. cockney slant. Again. It's just yeah. really funny. Did we it. miss the part where, uh, where Glenn Howerton is in therapy? No, and- no, that's coming up right now because, okay. because he's waiting to ambush him and he goes out to get him, but then Byling's there and ruins the whole thing. And she gets hit by a car which is crazy. <laughs> that part was pretty great. <laughs> and then he's like, so he's like chasing after Johnny Vang and his guys and they're like having a shootout and he's shooting and like bullets are going crazy and ricocheting. And then we get a crazy scene where it's Glenn Howerton reprising his role from the first movie. He's in therapy and like, he's like really traumatized from the incident and like, the therapist is like telling him he's got to get out there and get like his dick wet and stuff. It's so weird. It's so weird. It's and such a bizarre like, scene. And then he's finally like, oh, yeah. He's like, I'm not going to be scared anymore. I'm going to take control. And he stands up, and the ricochet bullet hits him in the head, and he dies. And then she pukes. And it's like, <laughs> why? So he catches, okay. And then, oh, God. So he catches up to Johnny. <laughs> he catches up to Johnny Vang. <laughs> and they're in, like, an electrical, like, power station with all the wires and stuff. And they have a fight, and this is like, how would you like? How do you describe <laughs> okay, so, what they decide to do? Okay, with so so he he he. They're in this power substation, this the substation, right? So there's electrical, you know, transformers everywhere, and Trev Chelios gets juiced up. He gets so juiced up that like he becomes, in his mind, a monster kaiju. Like it becomes like a Godzilla movie. Yep. Is essentially what it is, but it's them dressed up with masks of themselves. <laughs> like exaggerated masks yeah. of themselves. It is so bizarre. It's insane. Look, it, that, I that loved is the part, this part. That is the part I remember seeing. And like I remember us in the theater thinking to myself, what the fuck are we watching it's so weird it's so weird and it's i was even, drunk i remember and it was awesome and i and it's like it's not i mean it's not like a 15 minute scene but it's also not like a minute scene it's like a three or four minute scene where yeah. they're fighting i feel like and it's and it's it's filmed and and they act just like you know godzilla fighting and I, and I and i do like that they keep cutting to like like the substation where it's like the little like figures of the like guys that work there, they keep cutting to them like they're watching it. <laughs> and then when it goes back to the actual like stuff, they cut to them and they're like, oh, maybe we should call 911. Yeah. Because uh, um, then we find out like, and, and I don't, I guess I don't get this joke because he finally gets the cooler open, but like his heart's not even in there and he's really disgusted about like what's in the cooler once he's carrying around, but they don't ever say what it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's the Tarantino like the box in Pulp Fiction. You don't you, you know, it's just a different way. Like in that in Pulp Fiction, like, oh my gosh, whatever in there is so amazing. Here it's like, oh my god, you think about what a de- degenerate that guy is, what could be so gross that you know Yeah, that's that's true. So basically what we find out is that like uh Cheb's heart is actually already in Pudong and it's been in his his body for like uh, three uh, weeks or three months, I think they said they already three, put it in weeks. there. 
Okay, so he's already got it. Um, so he's like, uh, he talks to the doc and tells him this, but he gets, he ends up getting caught by the face tattoo guy who cut off his nipples. Um, and I do, okay. There's a lot about this movie I don't like, but I kind of like when they knock him out and you get that weird thing where it's all like the stuff that's just saying, fuck you, Chelios. Yeah. <laughs> you, Chelios. That's kind of the theme of the whole series. It's like, everyone's always saying, fuck you, Chelios. Yeah, but then then we yeah. get that weird scene where it's like the talk show, and it's like the young Chev Chelios, and his mom's played by Jerry Hollowell, and I'm like, well, why is this scene in the movie? Yeah, just give background as character, kind of like you know, you know, because he because because his character is so close to death, like in the last one, because yeah. his character is so deep that we need some backstory. And, and this this is where I have a note that says, yeah. I hate this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he comes to, and the, the guys, the face tattoo guys and his boys are dragging him behind a speedboat, and the face tattoo guy, like, takes a pee on him while he's hanging out the back of the boat. Um, and they uh, they take him out to Catalina Island, I think is what they say yeah, it is. Yeah, it's Catalina Island. Also, yeah. also, there's an unnecessary scene where Amy Smart's being interrogated by the cops, like this real creep cop, and, like, I don't know why that scene's in the movie at all. Like, it doesn't serve a purpose. At all, right? No, not really, because the cops at this point have nothing to do with the story at all. Yeah. It's and just they never there. come back again at all. Yeah. It's like she makes bail and that's it. Okay. So we're, we're approaching the end. So El Huron is revealed to be the third brother of the, the third Verona brother of the ones that he kills in the first movie. So the guy whose hand he cut off and then, uh, is it Ricky? Verona? Ricky, yeah. The guy that they, he threw out of the helicopter. But, so if that's not bad enough, then they reveal, <laughs> he, he pulls, like, a sheet off, like, this contraption, and it's Ricky Verona's head, and he's still alive, I guess, but it's just his head hooked to a bunch of machines, and he, like, he's floating in, like, kind of a weird liquid, but he can talk, like, through a computer voice and stuff, and, what? I will give you you that one that that is completely unnecessary and kind of takes away from the first one even yeah you know? it's really it's weird. like that's just it's, it's like a you know? it's like a weird bond villain but like 10 times worse like think of yeah. futurama but a worse version of it like his head is floating in an aquarium hooked to a bunch of hoses still alive just so we could see chuv chelios get killed that's essentially all it is yeah, he's like, well, he he won't stay alive forever, but I can keep him alive long enough to see you get killed. So he like he pulls out this big like whip, and he's like whipping Chelios, and it looks bad for him. But then uh, Venus shows up with Orlando and like the underground, I guess, and they all have guns. Yes, yeah. And, then and this is where an unreal shootout happens. Like, <laughs> there's so many people. Like, there's there's strippers there and hookers there just getting Bi- killed. Bilings there. Byling's there. Everybody's I, I do, getting shot. I do, I do like that Byling shows up and immediately just shoots like the gardener of the place. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like they're all shooting like bad guys and she just like unloads into the guy who's like trimming the edges. Yeah. That kind of made me laugh. Um, okay. Okay. So. Okay. <laughs> El Huron and El Huron and Venus are having like a showdown. Like Chev's heart starts to run out of juice again, so he sees, like, a big, like, transformer, like, power tower. I, maybe that's not the word to call yeah, it. Yeah, no, it's the transformer. It's on a, on, a, on a telephone pole. So he climbs up to the top. 
he juices himself with it, but for some reason, uh, not like the other time when he used like a high voltage box, but for some reason when he uses this one, he catches on fire. He's and gets like thrown backward. Yeah, and his like skin is burning off. He like beats the crap out of El Huron while he's like on fire and like his skin's melting off, and he gets delusional and he thinks that Bailing is Eve, <laughs> and they start playing Keep on Loving You, and he's like kissing her, but he like she catches on fire because he's like on fire, and then he like he's melting <laughs> that part more. Is He's melting more, and he turns to the camera, and he, like, flicks off the camera and, like, burns up, I guess, right? Like, that's the end, or is it? Because then during the credits, we keep getting cut all these scenes of Dwight Yoakam, and he's, like, putting uh, Chev's heart, like, back into him, but he's all burned up, he's got bandages, and you're like, it doesn't seem like it works. And then, like, the last shot of the movie is, like, his eyes, like, opening up like he's still alive. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and, that's how this ends. There, I guess they, they, there I might guess be a third one. I don't think there will be. Yeah, I was going to say, because I guess they talked about how lot they want, they were going to make a third one, but this one obviously did not perform well, and being as it's 2021 now, and that one came out in 2009, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I can't imagine it will. Yeah. Um, this I feel like Statham's out of their price range now. Probably. Yeah. Did you see how much they said? Out Shaw money, baby. Did you see when they said how many hours of footage that Neville Dean and Taylor uh-huh. shot? They shot oh, yeah, it was insane. 300 hours of footage in 30 days of filming. That's And this film is not that long. Like, no. I can't even imagine the kind of stuff that got cut. Yeah, it's, I mean, this movie is pretty like, offensive. So think about some of the stuff that got cut then. Yeah, this movie is, I'd say it's maybe like five, ten minutes longer than the original one. So it's yeah, it's wild. not really that much longer. It's like an hour and a half movie, and to think that they shot 300 hours of footage is insane. It's craziness. Yeah. Yeah, um, so, so that's that's Crank 2. <laughs> crank High Voltage. Crank, sorry, yeah. crank High Voltage, you're right. Fair yeah. enough, fair enough. You're uh, both right, and you're both does, wrong. Does, okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that I have anything else to yeah. add currently. Um, I I don't know this one. This is it's a weird a, movie. Yeah, and I yeah, it's a very know, weird movie. And I don't see. Here's my thing, and I'll get. And you know, when I get to my final thoughts, the first movie is weird, but I think in a good way. I think this one is weird in a bad way. Like I, I don't know. Like I don't think this one works like the first one does. Yeah. No, I agree with you. And I and I think it might be more because like you. Oh, go ahead. I would say this falls in the same category as the Boondock Saints 2 and Goon 2 and a lot of other sequels where, like, I liked the first one so much that I really I, I really wanted to like this one. And it had a lot of – there was goodwill generated by the first ones. It took me a while to admit it's not as good. Or it's not, not even that it's not as good. It's, it's bad, you know? And those are two other examples. Like, okay, it took a while – that even happens with some Star Wars movies. You know, it takes you a while to just admit to yourself, these are bad, you know? And, yeah, like, even watching, even, like, talking about it, like, there's a reason I've only watched this about once or twice since I originally saw it, you know? And it's I think not good. And know? I think and I think maybe, it, it, and we, we touched on this earlier, uh, LBJ, and you're like, maybe this movie isn't necessarily them trying to one-up the other, the first movie, which I think it is, they, they're like, well, we got to, but also I think it's probably a case of where, like, the first one is such kind of a surprise success 
you know, that, and there wasn't a lot invested in it. That this time that they were kind of like, all right, we'll do whatever you want. Neville Dean and Taylor do whatever you want in this one. And they maybe got in their own way, just trying to do everything that they wanted to do. And it just like, I think that they were probably given more control to do what they wanted to on this one. And they're like, Hey, this first one was a hit. So go for it. Gave them a little more budget. And I think they just maybe, I don't know like what their thought process was, but I, I feel like that they were like, Hey, everyone liked the first one. So we got to amp up all the stuff we did in the first one and make it like 10 times the first one. Yeah. And, and I think the, the bigger issue, Sometimes, oh. the bigger issue with this is they picked the wrong things to amp up. I think, you know, yes, the, the conceit is bigger. You know, he's got to charge his heart more times than he had to inject himself with adrenaline. You know, he has to, uh, you know, the, the, the gunfights are bigger. The car chases are bigger. All that stuff's bigger. That makes sense in a sequel, but they ramped up what they would have considered humor, but is like shock humor, but not even, yeah. not even good shock humor. It's not like, you know, it's not like getting your, your testicles caught in a zipper. It's not like, you know, um, um, what's other good shock humor? You know, anything from from like there's something about Mary that has a lot of good shock humor in it. Right. It's shock humor offensive. Like it's offensive shock humor. It doesn't really fit the theme. Of the I mean, it fits the film, but it doesn't really fit the feel of the film. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's, oh, it's hacky. Like like a lot of the the stuff that's like you know that's like offensive towards Asian people is like stuff that's from like 80 year old jokes, you know, like the, the voices that uh, David Carradine does and like the, like some of that, it's just like, it's, it's not even like, it's like, Oh, it's like, you know, it's like, it's just old. This is like, um, uh, like minstrel show stuff. It's like, hacky's this is a good word. old and bad, you know? Yeah. Hacky, hacky's a good word. I, I agree. And I, and I would say like, and I don't know, uh, maybe I, I'm not going to articulate this right, but I would say like this movie I feel like it's just more like mean spirited than the yeah. first one. Like the first one's like kind yes. of fun and stuff like that. I just feel like this one's like, I don't know. Like it's, I don't know. It's just like, it has a worse vibe. And like I said, all the racist stuff that's in it that doesn't need to be in it. That's not in the first one that they put in this one. And I don't know. It just, I don't know what the thought process was because I feel like there's probably a, a sequel you can make to this. That's enjoyable and all this stuff. And I just, I don't know. Well, to go, to go with the hacky thing, when they just steal a line from the Chappelle show, when Doc Miles says, is Doc Miles going to have to choke a bitch? You know, they just yeah. stole that line from Wayne Brady on the Chappelle show. It's like, it's yeah. like, oh, okay, yeah, get creative there, guys, you know. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I, I, let's rate it, and we'll just okay. kind of go from there. Okay. Um, I'll go first. How's that? I'll go first. Okay. Uh, I, I think there's parts of this film that I enjoy that are legitimately cool. You know, there's, there's certainly some innovative things. They definitely ramped up everything. Um, but there's a lot of it that is ramped up in the wrong ways and it is mean spirited and it is hacky. And, I really don't like this film nearly as much as I like the other one. Um, you know, but at the same time, if you're looking for a spectacle, 
if you're looking for something to see once and say, oh, that's the craziest shit I've ever seen in my life, this is probably a good movie to see for you. Um, objectively, though, it's really a pain in the ass to watch. Um, I'm going to go... I'll be kind to it, and I'll say two and a half machine guns. Um, I'll go next. Um, I, I don't think I can be as kind as you. Um, I really dislike this movie. I had a hard time getting through it. I, I did not... It, this was not an enjoyable watch for me. Um, I think there are a few things in it that are legitimately interesting and good, but overall, I think it's just... It's gross when it doesn't need to be gross. Like, it's just... I find it to be a very hard watch. I, I, I would say, without Jason Statham in this movie, I say it's unwatchable. I say he's in it, so I could, I could, I'd say, like, I can handle it. But if this was anybody else in this movie, I would be like, this movie is zero machine guns. But just because I like Statham, and there are a few things that I think are entertaining enough, I'll give it one and a half machine guns. I feel, in a way, like this has been a therapy session where I was able to talk through my feelings for this movie. <laughs> because, like, if you recall at the beginning of the episode and I said when I originally saw it, I enjoyed it, right? And I did. But I was also drunk, and which isn't a, a legal defense. Um, <laughs> and it almost feels like a parody of the first one. But you're like you're, you guys are dead on with pretty much everything, where it's like it's just they ramp up the wrong things, they get some wrong stuff wrong. They're just some things that just even at the time are offensive and un- unnecessary. Um, and again, yeah, just hacky. Um, I'm going to say have a couple cocktails before you see it, and it's two and a half machine guns. Joe, you brought up a great point. You're you're right. If Statham's not in this, this movie's unwatchable. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only thing that makes this movie tolerable is that I I mean Jason Statham is such a great presence and he is really still he's still really good in this movie. Like he, he still plays the character right. I mean, but without him, like anybody else in this and you're like what is this? Like it's it's nothing. Yeah. Yeah, you're 100% right. Like that really like my two and a half machine guns, I'm I'm really giving Jason Statham two and a half machine guns because he does all the heavy lifting in this and he makes the movie watchable. Without him, you're right; it's probably zero machine guns. I give one machine gun to him That's and half to, half to Dwight Yoakam. Uh, Dwight Yoakam, <laughs> yeah, Dwight Yoakam is still good even with that hacky line. Amy Smart is not as enjoyable in this movie because no. they change her not her as an actress, but because they change her character. So yeah, I like I like her. Before it's kind movie, of a fun ditzy pothead. Yeah, and then this one, yeah, agreed. It's just, and, like, why bring back Efren Ramirez in this? Like, it's just, there's so many things. Like, I mean, like, it just, it's just not fun, like I said. It's, like, the first movie is fun and interesting, and this is, like you said, it's almost like a parody of the first movie, and it's just not fun to watch. Like, it's a short movie, but I was, like, I literally finished watching it today before we recorded this because like i couldn't finish it the night before because i was so i was like i can't handle watching this i don't want to watch someone cut their nipples off with a knife and like I, uh, it's unfun. Yeah. not with no, i agree your pants on <laughs> that's fair oh tush yeah all right well uh tush thanks for being here yeah well, thanks, thanks for, for having thanks me. for thanks for embracing your podcast name finally and you know what? I'm like I'm loving it. Got I can't, I, now. I can't wait for you to join the Discord as the Tush. <laughs> the Tush. It's gonna be great. Oh man. All right. Um, be a Tush fan group. Yep. Um. Yeah. So, uh, 
you know, uh, we are, of course, the Last Action Podcast. You can catch us every Monday on GameZilla Media and everywhere where podcasts are available. Um, and then, uh, you know, check out uh, check out our aforementioned Discord. If you go to GameZillaMedia.com and scroll down to the bottom of the page, you can get a link to Discord and join it. Um, or if you want to, we're on Instagram. If you want to DM us on Instagram, I will send you a link to our Discord. Um, I just did that recently, actually, to somebody. Discord's a lot. The Discord's a lot of fun. Go on there and find the uh, message that LPJ left me for my birthday recently. It made me laugh very hard. Oh, good. I was hoping. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I was real excited about that one. I, I yeah, it, yeah. I I got a legitimate belly laugh out of that. So you. well done. Well done, uh, LPJ. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I am really kind of an asshole, and I don't like wishing people happy birthday. <laughs> I really don't. I go out of my way to not do it. And Aaron, my wife, is always like. Did you wish this person a happy birthday? I'm like, nope. She's like, are you gonna? I'm like, are you gonna make me? And she says, probably. And then I do it begrudgingly, but that's how my birthdays go. Um, yeah, yeah. But just to give me an extra hard time when you did wish me an actual happy birthday, you made it some kind of wrestling wrestling reference and included Dave in it. So. I did. It was like Cody Rhodes or something. I don't know. Yep. I didn't wish you a happy birthday. I wish Cody Rhodes a happy birthday. <laughs> it was great. Uh, anyway. So we got a lot of podcasts on the network. Uh, we got the Last Action Podcast. It's us. We got the GameZilla Media Pod- GameZilla Podcast, which is our flagship show. We've got uh, Dooms and Dragons, starring currently myself and Sphinx and Matrick and Craig. We are still going. I think we got maybe six or seven more episodes to go. Uh, it's been going for a long time, uh, over two years. And uh, we've also got the Legend of Retro. Uh, we've got a ton of streamers. We got all kinds of stuff for you. And uh, if you really like us, check us out on Patreon. Uh, you get all kinds of stuff on Patreon for a buck. You get extra votes. You get a different. You get a, a, a show uh, from all of us. Uh, and then if you contribute at five bucks, you get an extra show from our podcast as well as an extra show from every podcast. We do the post credit scene, and uh, we release those once a month. Um, so thank you, patrons, who are people who are current patrons, and thank you, future patrons. We really Absolutely. appreciate your patronage. <laughs> absolutely yep well said yep all right well uh tush thank you again for yeah. sitting in on this podcast <laughs> see what i did I made a tush joke that's, that's pretty good sorry sorry you're the butt of the jokes here oh i'm still doing it oh, <laughs> oh, nice. uh, stop making such oh. an ass out of him dude. oh man I, it's know. okay my, my uh stream is running a little behind <laughs> you, you're right it is there's a bit of a delay uh all right well anyway <laughs> this episode. Did you need to catch your breath before we do the closing? You know, we're, we're, in the, we're in the rear of the, we're in the rear you know of this what? episode. I'll just I'll just do the whole thing. You good? Can okay. you handle it? Uh, this episode the of the Last Action Podcast has been terminated. But. <laughs>